The Jericho Network on Westwood One. The following program is presented by the Jericho Network in association with Podcast One. Podcast One presents Rock Talk, Rock Talk with Mitch LaFond. All the rockers, all the stories. This is incredible. Now, now, here's your host, respected rock journalist, Mitch LaFond. Welcome to Rock Talk. I am your host, Mitch LaFond, and this is my very special all-European edition. Uh, we've all heard of the Scorpions, Deep Purple, White Snake, Black Sabbath, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, Crocus, and yes, even Thunder. But some of us, especially in North America, have never heard of bands like Pink Cream 69, Pretty Maids, Ammunition, Eclipse, The Poodles, Wigwam, Gothard, Chakra, and Corleone. And I have to say that that is an absolute pity. Oh, and I forgot Bonfire, of course, uh, another great European band. But if you look at the history of Pink Cream 69, of Pretty Maids, of Gothard, of Chakra, they have had over 20 years of putting out quality, quality music. I mean, find me a Gothard album that isn't good. Find me a Pink Cream 69 album that just falls short. Find me a Pretty Maids album that just falls short. And so that's why I'm going to do this for you today. So my first guess will be a guy who I consider a guitar hero. Right up there with your Zach Wilds and all those guys. Uh, Leo Leone of the band Gothard. He has a new project called Corleone with Ronnie Romero, who is the singer currently in Rainbow, and they have gotten together, and they are going to re-record songs from the first three Gothard albums, which is somewhat controversial because Gothard, the band, still exists with a new singer after their original singer, Steve Lee, passed away. And so one would think, well, why isn't the current Gothard re-recording the Gothard catalog? Well, Okay, I asked him about that, and th- there's reasons, and it's, it, it'll be controversial if you want, but, uh, you know, do check that out. And then after that, uh, I have got from the band Europe, Ian Hoagland. Of course, their new album is called Walk the Earth. It is absolutely uh, marvelous. And I will finish with Mark Fox of the band Chakra. They have a new album out called Snakes and Ladders. And Chakra is a Swiss band that has been in the top of the charts over there for years and years and years and years. And yet in North America, couldn't get recognized at the mall. Oh, by the way, and Gothard has 16 number one albums on the Swiss charts. Name me a band that has 16 number one albums in their country. You know, you look at Journey, you look at Def Leppard, you look at Bon Jovi. All these bands don't have 16 number one albums in their respective countries. But Gothard, in their home country of Switzerland, 16 number one albums, which is really, really impressive and speaks to the quality of the material. Uh, In 2018, Ammunition has a new album coming out in January. You will absolutely have to check that out. And uh, The Poodles, we know. The band name, awful. But the music, fabulous. Uh, Melodic rock. And uh, they also have a new album coming out in uh, January of 2018. Anyway, hopefully by doing this European special edition, I haven't taken too much of a risk and too many of you um, 
will, you know, hopefully you'll, 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 you'll stick with me and listen and appreciate the fact that I'm trying to bring you something different, something unique. I mean, I'm sure if you turn on any other podcast uh, in North America or any other radio station, you will hear people talk about Warrant and about uh, Bon Jovi and about Def Leppard and about all those great bands. And they are great bands. I'm not putting them down. Um, but you don't really get a chance to hear about Gothard. You really don't get a chance to hear about Chakra. And it is my opinion that you should, because they are great bands. And if you're a rock fan and you're looking for great music, regardless of who makes it, then you should check out these bands. So let me repeat these bands. Pink Cream 69, you got to check out. Pretty Maids. Ammunition with uh, Age Sten Nilsson, who was in Wigwam. Um, Eclipse. The Poodles, Wigwam, you should obviously check out. They don't exist anymore, or they haven't done anything recently, but a great uh, melodic rock from, I guess, the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, Thunder. You always have to check out Thunder, and I know I drive people crazy with that, and I mention it over and over and over. And then, of course, you have to check out the new uh, Gothard-inspired Corleone band, their new album, which will be a greatest hits of the first three goth art albums with a new singer uh, will be available will be available in February of 2018 for me um, 2018 is lining up to be a great great year I mentioned it on the last episode my playlists in my phone uh, just happen to be European bands you know uh, Ricky Warwick Black Star Riders same band uh, essentially Whitesnake, Scorpions, Gothard. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I'm a European guy. I didn't realize that, but <laughs> I guess I am. That's, those are the bands I love, and that's, that's the kind of music I like. So here we go. Uh, here we are. Up first, from the band Gothard, talking about his new project, Corleone. It is the one, the only, guitar hero, Leo Leone. We are speaking with Gothard guitarist Leo Leone. He has a new project, Core Leone, and of course, uh, the last uh, ba- <laughs> the last album by the band is uh, Silver, which was uh, a fantastic, Correct. Correct. fantastic album. Now, I, I own absolutely everything Gothard, from the B sides to the bonus tracks to the Japanese editions. I've got it all. And um, in fact, let me let me start there before we get into Core Leone, because that new project has me totally excited. But in Switzerland. <laughs> Including your What's greatest, going on? <laughs> including your greatest hits packages, Leo, you have yes. 16, 16 number one albums in Switzerland. If you include the, the live albums and the, the greatest hits packages, yeah. um, explain not to bad, me, huh? not bad at all. Explain <laughs> to me how a band is so incredibly successful in Europe. Uh, you, you know, you did that tour last year with Crocus and um, Chakra. You know, great yeah, numbers yeah. all across Europe. Fans love it, and yet here I am in North America, and I have to almost explain to people who the band is. Um, just talk to me about that sort of difference in the two markets between North America and Europe for the band. <laughs> I have no idea, man. You know, that's a question which is like it's coming every. I would say every record after. Let's put the second or the third record, which we. The first three records we record in, 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 in North America, right? in Los Angeles, California. And uh, since then, this question is coming always on the table, and uh, it's very hard to explain. I don't know. 
we we play some shows in on those rock cruise, you know, that from Miami goes yep. to the Bahamas and back. And that's all we did. I mean, we did, we played found, one time at Foundation Forum in 1990, I guess two or something like that, and that was it. So it's very hard to 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 answer this question. Actually, I would love to you know to to go to rock there, to rock your country, and also Canada. It just like would be fantastic for us to to come there and, and play. I, I don't yeah. know. It's weird because I it's weird because somehow. I have the feeling that the music we play would would fit definitely the, 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 with the market or the, the rock fan which they are living there, right? I meet I meet uh, I meet fans everywhere we play, and they they flying over to Europe to 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 to, to, sh- to see the shows and to meet the band. And <laughs> weird enough, we, we have no chance to fly <laughs> to to your countries, which is like I don't know. Yeah, well, it's well, kind of a frustration somehow if you if you're allowed to say so. But, hey, that's the way it is. <laughs> it, it, it's a bit strange. And, uh, of course, the band uh, this year is celebrating 25 years together. So uh, let's talk about those first two albums, Gothard and Dial Hard. This is what, with Corleone, the new band that features Ronnie Romero, and <laughs> some of you may know that he's with uh, Richie Blackmore's uh, Rainbow. By the way, an incredible vocalist. Just absolutely. You could not pick a better guy to front this project, his vocals are <laughs> stunning, um, and I mean no disrespect to Steve Lee, but he's like the second Steve. I mean, he's he's just up there in terms of quality. Um, talk to me about Corleone. Yeah, Corleone. Want to talk about? Oh, it's you know, it's very, it's very simple. I met I met Ronnie back then on the Bank tour. Actually, we were touring Europe, and we did spend Lords of Black. They they did a support a support tour in Spain and then uh, we met there actually we did two shows together and the first time I, I heard his voice on the, on a sound check and I went like holy beep 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 you know I went like oh that's pretty impressive and then we were start talking and you know and and I went to the manager say hey guys if the guy if Ronnie could sing fire dance he's gonna be on stage with us which is a song from our first record right. And uh, uh, in fact, he didn't know the song. You know, that hardly, hardly the band, because you know it was like kind of new in the in the in, in business. Let's put it on the music business. Let's put it that way. But since then, we were talking and blah blah blah. All of a sudden, I decided, okay, I want to pay tribute to all those songs. So I hear a cover band that they cover our old old track from the first three records, and I'm here. You know, I could I could pull it. You know, and then. So I give a call to to Ronnie and say, "Hey, would you be interested to to, to sing the songs? Because I I believe that you could pull it, you know." And, and in fact, we did a. He was very interested, and uh, and we did a kind of a sound check. And the first day we got on fire dance, we recorded the first takes was like, I, I fell off the chair. It was just like, oh, it's like somebody send me a sign from from heaven or from from hell or from wherever you want to say it about just like oh that's nice i mean i could really i could really feel again the songs that they're gonna sound like the way they're supposed to sound um, it's great and yeah it really is i was just gonna say for the new project with with ronnie are you recording the entire first album is it a combination of, of the first and second album how exactly is it, like, what exactly is the album going to be? And it comes out, I believe, in February, right? Correct. We're going 
gonna okay. The, the whole thing is gonna be like it's gonna be an unreleased track, which is this this song is called Walk on Water, and uh, and this is the only unreleased track. The the other one, the, the other songs which are gonna be in the record is a like we call the record Greatest Hits Part One. So it's like a, a revisiting of the songs from the first three records, plus uh, another song uh, from the open record. Um, of course, another song from one of the lead service, which is anytime, anywhere, and uh, it's fantastic. It, it's like we I revisited them and just gave them. We gave the the, the a modern touch, you know, like a new recording, new new everything, and it sounds like today it's uh, rock and roll, but still with the energy from the past. I don't know if I can put if, yeah. if, I, if I said the correct thing, but uh, it, and actually it's fantastic. I'm amazed and I love it and. It's really cool. <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to have fun because we're going to play some live shows now in December. We just go on the way to practicing and <laughs> yeah. it's funny. You're, you're actually driving there. And, and by the way, when you just said anytime, anywhere, I just got goosebumps because when I, when I talk about the band Gothard and, and people say, well, where do we start? What album do we start? I always say, listen, start with lip service and then branch out from there because that album in 2005... Uh, to me, is just the perfect starting point for any new fan. It is an absolute great um, album. Um, here's the here's the the difficult question, and I think the ones fans want to know. Hopefully, uh, <laughs> right? Because you know the question's going to come up. Uh, why is I the band? I, I'm expecting few. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, why is the band um, re-recording, or why are you re-recording these tracks? with sort of a new lineup, why not take the current Gothard lineup with Nick and say, okay, let's, let's re-record these and let's put them out. I mean, I know you did a live album where you, where we had a, a chance to hear Nick's vocals on the old ones. Um, but why bring in Ronnie? I mean, I, I'm sure fans of the band are going to say, Hey, what's, what's up? What's going on? Yeah. <laughs> no, in fact, it's very simple. It's like, there's a combination of two situations that, uh, that already been here from in the past with Steve actually. So on a, on a way to the success and on a way on our career, of course we we changed set list many times. We changed a little bit our you know clothes design. Let's put it. Away. But uh, and then we went with we you know we're we're testing different styles, different things, and different opinion in the band. And some songs that that just really went on a on a forgotten draw, you know, and then to me I, I felt I felt always a little bit was missing on the on, on my life acti- activity. I, I like this roaring guitar, my martial supposed to sound and you know, those beats and this vocal performance. And then, you know, now the moment God announced we announced the new defrosted tour which is gonna be coming up next and record the, a new unplugged record, part two, let's put it that way. After 21 years, the album Defrosted came out. So that means they're going to be on tour and play acoustic guitar for, for a while. And uh, because I, <laughs> I felt and lived that already in 1997, from 1997, we changed a little bit the direction, which was like, I was not that happy with the situation. But I decided to, well, if this is the call, I'm going to do something else, you know, just like pay tribute to all those songs and have fun, you know, just like, very possible we're not going to play those songs because the band changed uh, 
the, the vision of the music somehow, you know. And then I thought, well, I still want to, I still want to rock. <laughs> my my heart still beat for that kind of kind of sounds and kind of uh, you know approach on the songs. And that's the reason I did it. And the the guys have been kind of also happy. It's just like, well, at least you're gonna have your your satisfaction, your musical satisfaction on the other side, you know. And this, I think, this is the, was the main call, you know. And, Gotter goes on and Corleone goes on. I think they can, the, the two things can live together. Fans going to be happy because going to be the fans from the early day will go like, wow, we could still hear the same energy. I mean, Hannah is on drums on the Corleone project, which is the, the, the Gotter drummer. Of, and uh, we got Igor Genola on the, as a, also a guitarist, which he was on tour with us on the Dial Art tour. And then there's a new, a brand new bass player, Brand new. It's like a guy from from the era, and he's a fantastic bass player, which with, with a nice attitude and nice bass playing, and really, I mean, the vibe is exactly wow. And yeah. You know, and it by moved the way, me, so, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It moved me, and of course, I don't, I, I, I have to say, without without Ronnie, that would wouldn't be possible. Yeah, I agree. Now you mentioned the Dial Hard uh, album. Hopefully, um, you'll be covering the song "Open Fire." On uh, on this because that's such a great kick ass rock and roll song. Um, now, now you, you, you mentioned, in fact, yeah. In, in fact, in this case, at the moment, it's not here, but it's previews to go a Gotter, uh, sorry, a Greatest Hits Part Two, which is going to be included. Which is like there's going to be a trilogy like The Godfather, you know, the movie The Godfather, right? Okay, so the idea is to, so, it's going to so, be Part One, Part Two, and Part Three. I hope. That's the plan. <laughs> oh, okay, so so that, that that in fact was going to be my next question, uh, and it was going to go two ways. W- will there be a greatest hits part two? And you just sort of said yes, and there'll even be a part three. Uh, but will the band? That's hope. I mean, this is the this is the idea, and then you know. No, no, no. There, there's no hope. It's going to happen. Um, uh, the, the, Serafino at at Frontiers. I'll give him a call later and say, <laughs> "Listen, buddy, make sure it happens." But um. Will the band at some point do original material? Will it become a band doing Corleone songs? Uh, yeah, why not? I mean, it's very hard. Now we start like this. We started with fun. We're starting to do this. We want to pay tribute to this. And then, as I said to, also to Serafino, it's going to be a new song, you know, on each record. And who knows? I mean, Gotter still goes on. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to interfere with the Gotter uh, program and I think also Ronnie is working with his band which is Lords of Black and they're planning also to come out with a new record but who knows I mean this is gonna of course of course I cannot say no let's put it that way but at the moment it's still far away we have to, to check out the you know many things you know let's hope that would be the greatest thing that could happen you know it's just like yeah. something going something new something new songs but hey uh, that's what I said to Serafina too. You know, just like I'm here since 25 years. We pulled out the record one, one year, yes, one one year after the other. It's gonna be, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden he just released a new record, and the people gonna ask you, well, when is gonna be the next? And this is also one reason that I went back to to the back catalog and say I want to play the songs. I don't play them since since many years. So actually, in fact, I believe that. If they're gonna be a greatest is part two, there may be gonna be some other songs from, from from newer record, right? Which they didn't take the position on the live schedule of Gotter Press. 
It's just like there's so many options and there's so many songs that are yeah. somehow forgotten or not even went out from the for, from, from those the days. CD would yeah. you would you re-record some of the last albums? Would you re-record a song like "Bang" or 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 songs from the uh, what's the one from a Silver there? Um, uh, 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 boy, I'm blanking on it. Um, symphony, uh, Tequila Symphony Number no. Five. Would you re-record some of those with Ronnie as well, or just sort of the Steve Lee uh, era? I would no. I would, I would I would consider to to, to think about the Steve Lee era because because uh, 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 what's got today is Nick Matter and uh, and it's a fantastic singer and just to also that could could be another question that people would ask and would want to know, which is like and. It, Right. Because the question they always say, but Nick Matter, Nick Matter is not Steve Lee, as Ronnie Romero is not Steve Lee. So Nick Matter was the right choice when we we we've been to this audition, and Nick was the right choice. And, and Nick is a at the moment great wanted choice. To have, that's what I'm saying. And that's, and also I think that it's very important that our fan, the Gotter fan, understand that this is not like I'm gonna leave the band. So far, it's, it's not the idea. It's not the call. And Nick is doing a great job, and we we are. We're working out very, very good, and we are planning to to come up with a new, new defrosted two, which very possible we're gonna check songs like Tequila, Tequila Number no. Five, and rearrange some, some stuff, some, some new songs. Yeah. And that's the reason, you know. Accidentally, we have this great singer, which is Ronnie Romero, which is like, wow, this is this is exactly. Actually, it, it's even, I don't know. Like I said before, it's a, it's a, it's a gift from heaven, and it's like so all of a sudden I could. I found somebody which I could play all the songs also, but not because he can he can sing the songs, because of course he's, he's singing it brilliant and it's very unbelievable what he's pulling, but it's his own style. It's just like, the yeah. guy is like, whoa, it looks like we, we, you know, we played together since, you know, since we grew up or since he... We start playing music. Play, play music, yeah. And, and and a lot of Kiss fans listen to me and listen to my show. So for those of you who don't know Nick Mater necessarily, um, years ago he did a tour of Australia with Bruce Kulick doing all kinds of Kiss songs, and you can find the videos on YouTube. I encourage I encourage fans to go check really? that out. Yeah, he did. He did a whole bunch of Kiss songs, and if you look on YouTube, you can find Nick I and Bruce. Find Kulick. Yeah, and and I'll I'll even send really? you a couple of links after. Um, the the, the defrosted album, which came out in '97, yeah. uh, again, to me, there really hasn't been a bad goth art album. It's just been quality after quality, and 16 number ones in Switzerland sort of agrees with me. Um, talk to me about sort of giving those songs that acoustic arrangement, what it means 20 years later, because it is a 20th anniversary. Um, <laughs> Uh, just talk to Make me about. Make me feel old. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, every interview I, you know, yesterday, I was talking to Steve Hackett, uh, formerly a Genesis. Oh and we're, wow! And we're like, oh yeah. well, it's been fifty years since, and it's like, oh Jesus, <laughs> you know, they, yeah, we're getting old. But um, uh, talk to me about that album because that was also very well received. Fans loved it. You have a version of Mighty Quinn on there, which is absolutely right. uh, delightful. Uh, Hush, of course, is on there. Um, talk to me about doing that acoustic stuff. Now, you did mention that there'll be a defrosted too, uh, but just sort of bring me Correct. back to those those days twenty years ago and and approaching sort of a live acoustic album. Actually, when we recorded the, the 19, in nineteen ninety seven, we when we we went for this um, this uh, defrosted album was a uh, the idea was like to 
taken a little bit of a break between the, the G-Spot record and the new studio rock and roll record. And so we had this idea to go and strip down those, those songs from the past and create new songs. But, uh, you know, it was a kind of a fashion back then. It was like, I mean, it was Tesla doing that from Rod Stewart to Brian Adams to all those guys did that. So we went like, well, well, well not give it a try. You know? And all of a sudden, was like, the idea was like to go for three, four months and play acoustic guitar and, you know, and those things. And then it took like two us on tour for t- almost two and a half year touring. And uh, it was great because we we gave a different a different light a different a different color we we to, to our songs which the, till then they were played with uh, with heavy guitars and so and uh, and heavy pounding drum it was fantastic well, and, yeah. I mean we catch a lot of other uh, fans which you know perhaps they wouldn't never go to a rock concert or wouldn't they would have gone to a rock concert I was those concerts from Grotta back then. And then, uh, yeah, and after this, we went for this more on the poppy side, and then, and then. And then, then you're right. So, and then, um, uh, before we forget here, let's quickly talk about Steve Lee. Uh, we know what happened. He passed away in a, in a tragic accident, but just an incredible vocalist. And, and for, for most folks in North America who haven't checked out Gothard, you have really missed out, not only one of the best vocalists, but also one of the best guitarists in Leo, but uh, just talk to... Oh, I mean, Leo, you know, every so often on Twitter or Facebook, people put uh, put up on their profile, name one underrated guitarist, and time after time, you're the answer that I will slot in, because you're you're up there. I mean, when people talk about, you know, Zach Wilde, or they talk about uh, Eddie, or... they don't talk that much about you, and it's it's it's, it's ridiculous because you are just fantastic. But um, <laughs> but thanks, but, but let's let's quickly talk about Steve. What are, what are some of your greatest memories of Steve and and just his just his vocal approach? I mean, he was just spot on all the time. Steve was a besides was a fantastic vocalist and you know one of the most professional guys I ever met in my life. I mean, I think we. In, in 20 years, we, which we work together and we play and make music together around the, almost around the world. I mean, not North America, but we, we've been to, from Japan to, to Russia, to Scandinavia, to, to Korea. And, and then, I mean, I think it's happened, we canceled maybe two or three shows in, in 20 years, you know. But above all, it was like, it was a fantastic, fantastic human being. It was such a, such a gentleman, such a, you know, it was always finding, finding, a word to to all the fans to 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 anybody was you know always gentle and you know just fantastic and was like yeah we miss a friend we miss a person and we miss a, we miss a great vocalist yeah and if you're talking about his, his vocal vocal performance singing and singing line and melodies which were he was pulling for songs and something like that I mean I, if I would compare it to to some some other things I think there's not many. You could you can pull. I think you could go like singer like Steve Perry or or Freddie Mercury or those those amazing singers. You know, just like wow, or Steven Tyler, or just like yeah. Well, up there. well that's and, uh, what I agree with with Steve because he he he's If you listen to you know an album like Lip Service or you listen to a to a you know Dial Hard, which is a little harder rock and stuff, and then you listen to Defrosted, he really can cover. 
everything from metal all the way down to these softer ballads, and it's it just fantastic. Now, I mentioned before, when fans ask me, okay, Mitch, we've heard you talk about Gothard, what album do we start with? I always say Lip Service. If a fan were to ask you, a fan here in North America doesn't know the band and says, okay, I'm convinced, let me go check them out, where would you tell them to start and why? Yeah, actually, Lip Service is kind of cool as a, as a starting point because it's a mixture between the, the heavy rock, first three records, and, uh, and the other ones, which have been more poppy, more, more mainstream, let's put it that way. And I think it's a very nice balance Slip down a little bit, um, how can I say, like uh, raw, you know? Yeah. We, 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 Strip we down. went back to a little bit on the road. And uh, in fact, it, it's the first record when the when the band and the, back then the, the manager, they asked me, would you take over and, and bring us back where we think we belong? <laughs> and that's what I did. In, in fact, it's a very well balanced and it's a, it's a great, it's a greatest piece. It's the best of best of the two worlds that uh, the, the Steve Lee world got that world let's put it that way yeah it really is it's a very yeah absolutely and, and, and we, we've been little, after uh, this Domin effect was also a, a little bit more darker more more rocky maybe more more Leo Leo oriented and uh, but also there's a nice uh, there's a nice track there too absolutely domino effect is uh, the album that got you a um uh, what did you want? Uh, the best rock album in uh, the Swiss Music Awards uh, is what you got. Yeah, you know the funny thing. The funny thing is like when when we came out with that record, <laughs> there was some skeptic skepticism. I don't know if it's correct. Yeah, yeah it was ske- skeptics. Skeptic. People that, were skeptical. Skeptic. Right. Yeah, and said, well, this is not this is not a record for for the Swiss market. Well, in fact, <laughs> the answer was like, yeah, it became the rock. The rock record of the, you know, of the year, and, and I went like, well, you see, maybe <laughs> sometime you, what is out th- out there that you know the people out there that you don't, you don't know what they're waiting for, and and it was was a nice surprise to to yeah to to well, and realize fact- that. They loved it. Not only did the, the, the Domino Effect, which came out after um, Lip Service, win uh, Album of the Year in the Swiss Music Awards, it was number one and spent 34 weeks on the charts. So that's... Uh, that's not bad, huh? Not, <laughs> not bad at all. Um, Leo, I, I could go on forever because I, I just love this band. I just think that what you do is fantastic. Uh, but let, let's wait until Defrosted 2 comes out. Let's, uh, let's see if we can get you over to North America. And, of course, uh, Corleone. Uh, is, by the way, the, you mentioned that it was Greatest Hits, but is that the actual album title? Is it going to be called Corleone Greatest Hits, or does it have another title? No, no, no it's going to be Corleone Greatest Hits Part 1. And then sort of the underscript will be sort of the best of, of goth art or something like that. Um, uh, yeah, there's, a, there's, a, there's some words. I, I wrote some words inside the, the record. It's like, it's a tribute to the, the, yeah, the, early, the early goth records and a tribute to a friend, which is uh, Unforgotten, which is Mr. Steve Lee. Yeah, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it now. And that, of course, comes out in February. The band Corleone has four shows planned uh, at the end of December. Hopefully, there will be a lot more. And uh, you know what? I, I will say this just right up from the top. Hopefully, at some point, uh, a live album will come out 
of all of this and just uh, feature the band doing everything that you do. And uh, Leo, always, always Thanks. a pleasure. Yeah, thank you. That's really thank you for the thank you for your support and your words. That's, uh, <laughs> that's <good. laughs> it's good for my heart. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and you. and uh, but, uh, go ahead. And I want to say something. I want to say this uh, this record, which we recorded, this greatest, you know, this called the only thing is like it's really recorded live in in, in studio. It's just like we went really the old the old style, you know, just like go there, record the parts, and and forget about those machinery pro tools crap uh, you know tricks studio we weren't really and you could feel the vibe it's just like wow mm, i just really love that that uh, that, that things and then well i'm glad I mean, to hear that because we really have lost uh in modern day album making and recording that energy and that vibe everybody's trying so hard to make albums perfect and yet, when you listen back to old Kiss and old Black Sabbath and old Led Zeppelin and yeah. all these bands, what made the albums they great? The well, yeah, they had personality, and sometimes, especially on yeah. the Kiss albums, you listen back and you go, "Oh, that note! Oh, that drum part!" But that's what gave it charm, and we lost that. And so, I'm right. glad glad to hear that this one is sort of four on the floor, plug in, play, go home. That's that's the way. This is exactly the way you went, and I, I I had a chance to to work with Paul Lady, which he mixed the record. Then I uh, was thinking we are we, we've been betting things. Uh, are you sure you want to do that? So that yes, I want to do this and that, and just like we don't change anything unless it's completely fucked up. And I want I want that, and the result is really I love it. Paul and did a great mix, and you know just like wow, I'm I'm very excited, and and I believe that the Gothic fan and maybe some new fans they're gonna they're gonna love that the way I the way I do and the way we do the, no, the, the way I do too, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ah, fantastic. Um, I don't know how we say goodbye in... in uh, uh, grazie? No, not grazie. That's thank you. Uh, arrivederci. Uh. <laughs> arrivederci. Hopefully. But, maybe, maybe we're going to record Leon in North America. Who knows, you know? Never, never say never. Oh, it's, it's got it's got to happen, and if not uh, if not Corleone, at least Gothard, one of the two has got to make it over here. And uh, but there's a there's a festival there in Canada. We were talking. Somebody talked to me last year. There is a festival, festival in uh, in Canada called Heavy Montreal. It uh, it, yeah. it takes place in the last weekend of July 2018. Is that already everything booked and scheduled, or does they uh, they are announcing? Uh, and I'm and. They they can correct me if I'm wrong, but they're announcing, I believe, the lineup in February of 2018. Well, so so there's still time. And uh, this cool Leone thing, this gonna be this gonna kick ass. Oh, it, <laughs> it, never, it, it is really is. <laughs> it really is, and I am so uh, so looking forward <laughs> to the song "Walk on Water." That that is going to be just phenomenal. Like I know it. And uh, Leo, thank you. Thank you, thank you, Mitch. And, uh, I, uh, thank, thank you. In the name of all those guys which still rock and they have a chance and opportunity to play some music the way we do, it's because guys like you help us to, to make this dream across. And, you know, thank you for your support. Absolutely. And uh, we'll talk soon and we'll do another one uh, when we have uh, Greatest Hits 2 and Defrosted 2 and... And hopefully we can... And maybe July. Let's, let's hopefully July. Let's nail that. That would be awesome. Yeah. We'll, we'll, Holy we'll, Christ. That we'll, would be we'll work on making that happen. Of course, the cost is not going to be so expensive like Gothard, I guess, because I want to play there. I mean, that's, the reason I'm doing this because I just want to have fun and just do 
what I could do, just like rock and roll. Yeah, that would, <laughs> and that way. would be great. And actually, that would that would be kind of fun because um, to get Ronnie over here, sort of a, a guy from Rainbow, guys from Gotha, that would be a great little package. Um, yeah, thank you, it's sir. Go for it. I Stay mean, tuned. You're listening to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFon. Rock Talk. When you're looking to buy a car, you want to make sure that you're getting real pricing on actual inventory. Unfortunately, a lot of the time, that isn't the case. People configure cars online only later to find out they're not available. With TrueCar, you get real pricing on actual inventory. This is not pricing offered by TrueCar, but pricing from an actual dealer. And not just any dealer, but a true car certified dealer. This is a carefully curated network of dealers committed to transparency and offering you a competitive market price. Using TrueCar, you can easily find the car you want. Next, TrueCar will show you what other people in your area paid for the same car that you are looking for. Now you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network. There are over 13,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. You will work directly with a True Car Certified Dealer contact. True Car users are more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they are connected with a True Car Certified Dealer. True Car users save an average of over $3,000 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Hey, my name is James Petrogallo. I'm Jimmy Wisman. Please join us every single Tuesday for Crime in Sports. So fun. You like sports? You don't have to. Let's just set up a context and find out what an idiot did wrong. What I do like you say? It. I'm in. We're going to do that each and every week. We take an athlete, we break him down, we make fun of everything he's ever done. Yeah. But in order to do that, we have to build up and tell you all about their career and get you to what, James? To grace. grace. And That's then right. watch them fall from grace Who as they inevitably like do. Join us. Big criminals, small yeah. criminals, sports you've never heard of. Yeah. Doesn't matter. It's the crime. It's the comedy. It's such a good time. Join us it. every Tuesday for Crime in Sports. You can join us every Tuesday at PodcastOne.com, the Podcast One app, or subscribe on all Apple products. Find us every Tuesday and laugh at people. Now back to Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn. And a very, very big thank you to Leo Leone of Corleone and, of course, of Gothard. I am very, very much looking forward to uh, their new uh, album that's coming out in February. I've had a chance to hear the new single, Walk on Water. And I have to say, Ronnie Romero is an absolute find. What a singer. Holy mackerel. And uh, speaking of singers and what a singer, uh, Joey Tempest, of course, of Europe is wonderful. They have a new album out called Walk the Earth. Head back into my archives. Uh, uh, you know, you can check out a interview I did with Joey back in the fall. But here is a new Europe interview, uh, again, talking about the album Walk the Earth. It is drummer Ian Hoagland. And we also talk about his 101 drums, uh, new sponsorship, uh, you know, handcrafted drums for, for drummers. In fact, if you're a drummer out there, I do suggest that you check out 
one o n e o and then o n e again drums dot com so one o one spelt out drums dot com uh, uh, out of Sweden uh, Ian swears by them and they are all custom made so there you go it's a uh, unique composite wood fiber shells and custom made is the the press release and uh, yeah you'll enjoy that so let's get right into it here is my second Europe interview of the last uh, couple of months great band by the way. Another and by the way, and, and am I saying by the way too much? But since we're talking about European bands, Europe, you got to go there, right? How can you talk about European bands and not talk Europe? Anyway, here is drummer extraordinaire, the one, the only, Ian Hoagland. We are speaking with Europe drummer Ian Hoagland. The new album is Walk the Earth. Ian, a great pleasure uh, to talk to you this morning. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, great pleasure to yeah. participate. Participate. Yeah, the last time we spoke was uh, for the War of Kings uh, release. A um, lot of exciting oh, yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. Uh, going on, but let me start off with one of the reasons why we're speaking today. We both have a friend in common named Paul Nielsen, and he has put together these new drums, these sort of custom-made drums, 101 drums, which you can, of course, uh, find online at uh, one one drums.com um talk to me about meeting yeah. paul and, and and using his you know um wood fiber drums composite wood yeah fiber. well yeah exactly it's uh yeah it's uh he actually approached me uh i think it was last summer when we <clears throat> were touring around in sweden um and he basically just uh asked me if i was interested in, in you know just Having a go after you uh, just snare them and, and just try it out. So uh, I said, "Yeah, why not?" I'm, I mean, I'm kind of curious about new stuff, and uh, <laughs> so I, I gave it a shot. I, I used the snare drum for that very show that we did, and I was basically blown away immediately. Uh, it was fantastic uh, product. Um, I don't know. It's, it's something magic about that <laughs> about that snare drum. It's it's so. Uh, I don't know. It's so stable and so dynamic and so durable. And uh, I, I never really experienced that before. You know, usually you have to, you know, like detune, fine, fine tune the drum during the actual show, and you know, maybe uh, pull some, pull some, pull some knobs and stuff like that, and, and readjust during the show. But with the one-on-one snare drum, the Black Diamond. It, it didn't happen. It, it, it was it, it was it was uh, rock solid basically. So uh, and apart from that, it sounded amazing. So I was I was immediately hooked to the to the to the drum, and, and then uh, after that we uh, we started talking about uh, designing uh, my um, sort of um, signature snare. So uh, tonight. Uh, uh, or actually, we, we uh, I've been I've been doing a couple of shows with the snare drum, and it's it's still, you know, it just delivers every every uh, every show. So I'm I'm definitely blown away. And I, I, all I can say, is go out and try it out, and you're gonna you know you're gonna like it. It's it's just amazing. Yeah, I think you will. And of course, you can find that at one one spelt out o n e o n e drums dot com. But let's get on to uh, Europe and Walk the Earth. I have the album sitting in front of me, actually, uh, on CD here that I brought in from from Japan, actually. Yeah. And it, it's All just right. a, a phenomenal 
album and and you go back to um start from the dark in 2004 and then you know secret society it has been one two three four six or seven cds in a row of just quality music uh talk to me about walk the earth and and the musical direction on it yeah i think we i totally agree with you you know and and uh, i think when we set out in 2004 uh to you know like reunite and and start uh, the new journey is like uh, we, we said that we needed to be um, needed to let the music be the inspiration, uh, not trying to just write, you know, like try and get a radio hit song or whatever, but only to to, to let the um, the inspiration and the music be the be the guiding uh, guiding light and, and uh, basically let the music take us. Uh, to wherever it leads us, you know. So uh, the music is doing, uh, uh, it's leading the way. And it's been like that from, from uh, Start From The Dark. And we've been exploring different different paths and different inspirations. I remember early on uh, with, with Start From The Dark, we were pretty much into um, uh, Audio Slave and, and uh, Velvet Revolver and bands like that. And, and then we went a little bit into the bluesier kind of um, side when we discovered uh, Joe Bonamassa and, and um, Black Country Communion. Um, so it's, it's been, you know, it's been a journey. We, we've been sort of swaying between different styles, but I would say that um, um, War of Kings and Walk the Earth definitely has been more focused on, on, on the same path. I think we're very much exploring our, um, you know, our inspirations and roots from the from the seventies, you know, Deep Purple, Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, all those beautiful bands that we grew up. All the bands that actually gave us uh, were the, sort of the starting point for us playing music as teenagers. So um, I guess it's we're trying less to uh, not sound like our, our uh, you know, like idols from from the seventies. Um, we just uh, sort of let the, you know, it, the fact that we are inspired by these bands um, show in the music. And uh, I think we, we, by doing that, by not trying so hard to do or not do something, the music just flows naturally. And uh, we kind of, we have a, a lot more relaxed attitude against the, the or towards the, the, the songwriting process and everything, uh, especially the, the, with working and, and work here that we produced with, with Dave Cobb, uh, the uh, producer. Of Rival Sons. Uh, yeah, Rival Sons. He, he, uh, I mean, he's, he's, he's made himself a great name within the more of, you know, the, the, the country kind of uh, pop rock artist in, in, in the States. But he, from the beginning, he is a rocker, you know, and he grew up with bands like Europe and stuff like that. So it, it's really inspiring to work with him, and, and he has really sort of taken our songwriting uh, routines, and, and uh, uh, he, he, I think he, he has made us more daring. We just like, oh, let's just go for it. Let's, let's, you know, whatever, whatever will be fine, you know. So it's, it's uh, we actually, when we go into the studio these days, I mean, back in, in the, well, if, if, if you take Start From The Dark, for instance, we had already finished demos 
and the song structures were more or less ready 100% when we went into the recording studio. But with uh, War Kings and um, Walk the Earth, we realized uh, with Dave Cobb, uh, it doesn't work that way. He just, he doesn't even want to hear uh, a demo. <laughs> he just listened to, to uh, you know, like the main riff or something. Uh, the minutes before we start, you know, like going into the studio and, and to start, you know, like putting the song together. So he, he, he wanted to work, he wants to work in the, in the spur of the, of the moment. And that's where he, uh, the magic of Dave Cobb comes, comes to life. Uh, uh, and also with, with us, uh, I, I know we were a little bit concerned on, on World Kings because we hadn't been working like that before. So we were a little bit shaky. But with What the Earth, we just had a total confidence in, in Dave Cobb and, and uh, him uh, with us. So it, I think the, the, the communication and the, the work between us really came together in, in the magical kind of chemistry on Walk, walk the Earth. Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, I think it's a perfect blend. It really is. Is it more satisfying or more freeing to make albums these days? Because I know in the 80s, you all had AOR guys, you all had label guys saying, hey, we need a hit single for radio, you got to write uh, a, a top 10 hit. Now we don't really have that pressure. Now it's just sort of make the album that you want to make. Is that more satisfying for you now to, to, to have this freedom, knowing that a, a Europe album can sound the way you want it to sound? Definitely, definitely. Without a uh, question, it's, it's uh, as you said, the 80s was kind of... A pain in the rare end, sort of, because it's, uh, it was fine when we did the final countdown because the record company didn't know what to expect from us. But then, when the final countdown became a huge hit and we went into record Out of This World, the uh, follow up album, we all of a sudden had all these AOR guys, you know, tapping our shoulders and, hey guys, I think you should do, do like this and like that and stuff like that. So we were very much uh, became very much a product of, of the of the record um, companies and, and the record company guys' visions and what they thought was right. So uh, in the eighties, it felt more like we were working for the record company than the other way around, which I think is the right way, you know. Uh, so these days, definitely, it's it's much easier. It's much more uh, inspiring because we we write the songs and we choose the songs and we go into the studio and we record the song and we own the, 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 the master tapes and everything. So we actually, um, we bring a, a really uh, finished album to the record company and, 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 you know, like put it on the table. You guys want to work with this? And if they say, yeah, that's great. Then, okay. Then we can start talk, talking about, you know, making deals and stuff, but we have, we are in control. So that is, it's so much, uh, it's so much more pleasing and relaxing and, and inspiring uh, in every way to, to work this way. Yeah. Um, the only, I mean, as we all know, you don't sell albums the way we did in the 80s. Of course, the, the, the money is not the same and, and all that. But I mean, it's the same for everybody. So it's, it's, it's just the way it is. And uh, if you want to be, you know, if you want to play rock and roll and, 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 and uh, and do it, then you just got to live with a with the fact that that you can't make as much money as you did in the eighties by selling albums. But then again, I think the good thing with today's um, 
uh, record um, industry is that in order to be successful, you need to be a great, uh, a great act. You need to be able to go on stage and perform for uh, 90 minutes and, 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 you know, like really be able to, to um, entertain the audience. And if you can't do that, then you you can't make a uh, you can't make a um, a career uh, as a musician anymore. I mean, in, back in the eighties, it, it was it was much more you know like kind of fake in a way. Uh, you could produce a lot of of, of the artists in the studio, uh, uh, but I mean today it's it's much more it's focused on the live scene or the live sort of part of of, of the industry. If you can't if you can't perform a great live show, then you, you can't basically uh, make uh, a longevity yeah. in your career. And, and, and I'm going to talk about live shows in a second, but, but you're right about the final countdown. That, that album and that song and Carrie, uh, so big, so important to the band because it puts the band on the map and everybody knows who Europe is, but at the same time, a big pain in the butt because now everybody wants you to write two more just like it. And that's got to be yeah, <laughs> right. It's annoying. It's like yeah, yeah, we did it. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> the uh, the the live show you uh, end of November. You just did some dates with a Deep Purple. A lot of folks are are uh, comparing your new sound or or your current sound of Walk the Earth to what Deep Purple does. What was it like for you uh, playing those shows with Deep Purple? And and just what does the band itself mean to you? Well, uh, great guys to work with, to start with. They're very humble and very, you know, just like uh, working class uh, rock musicians. Uh, they have no, you know, there's no like, it's all about the music, just as it is with, with Europe these days. And uh, very friendly and they're very, very, uh, well, basically very nice to work with. In 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 in, uh, in every way in every sense, and I mean, the purpose to me is probably the first the first real band that I can remember hearing on the radio in in, in back in the seventies. Uh, I heard you know Strange Kind of Woman or Black Knight on the on the radio, and and I immediately picked up on the energy uh, around the music. So the purpose to me, and I know to the other guys in the band as well, has always been one of the most important bands. Um, uh, so it, it's it's a great honor to to be on on stage with with uh, Deep Purple or yeah. uh, you know playing sharing the stage. So so it's it's and and we've done some shows before as well with with um, Deep Purple a couple of years back. So it's um, you know it's it's just amazing. I mean, who'd have thought uh, for myself like uh, a guy from 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 small village north of Stockholm in, in in ice cold Sweden, being able to to, to uh, tour the world and to be able to, to work together with these kind of guys, you know, it's, it's really mind uh, boggling. Really, it's uh, it, it's. I, I guess I'm too much of a of a fan. Of a fan, but so so, really so let me talk about that because uh, back in the '90s, you had a chance to to do a few shows with with Glenn Hughes, who of course was Ooh. in. Uh, Deep Purple, and an album came out of it, Burning Japan Live, and you also played on his four, uh, sorry, From Now On album. Um, what was it like for you, first of all, sharing a stage with 
uh, Glenn Hughes and being on stage with them, but also playing those songs. You were doing Lady Double Dealer, Stormbringer. And, uh, yeah. talk, talk to me about because, you know, Deep Purples have, ha- have had a, a bevy of just great, great drummers come through the band. And mm. now you are, you know, here you are putting your, your drum licks <laughs> yeah. on Stormbringer. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's, <laughs> so, so talk to me about yeah. that and working with Glenn. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I remember I was I was uh, I was <coughs> called up by the by his Swedish record company he had at the time when he recorded uh, from now on. The drummer playing on on, on uh, most of the songs on the album. He left the band and they needed a new drummer and they also wanted to record two bonus tracks uh, and they were going to be um, "You Keep on Moving" and "Burn." And "Burn" is one of the. I mean, that's one of the you know, like the Bible for, for, for a rock drummer. If, if you can, you know, if you can play burn, then you're, that's some kind of a, you know, receipt. Yes, I'm a good drummer kind of. So it was, um, I mean, immediately when I got the, 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 when they asked me, I said, yeah, sure, definitely. I'll, I'll do whatever, uh, to, to, to play. But at the same time, I felt kind of nervous as well, because I never really played those songs live before. So I was a little bit wow. I wonder if I if I can really pull this off. But <laughs> but um, I sat down, you know, with my with my with my headphones and my drum kit, and I tried to copy what, whatever Ian Pace was doing, and I kind of got it together in the end, my own fashion. Uh, I tried to I tried to um, play it as much as possible, as uh, um, as close to the original as possible, because you don't want to take away the you know the, the, the sort of soul of the of, of the music, uh, but as you said, it, it was amazing to be able to sit, share a stage with with Glenn Hughes, who was actually, you know, in in the uh, the lineup that I, I think I actually prefer Mark III more than <laughs> Mark II uh, as as, um, as a whole because the whole Burn album is just amazing. Stormbringer is. Also very good. Um, Come taste the band, which is actually Mark IV, but with with uh, Tommy Bolin on guitar, is also one. I would say one of the most underrated uh, hard rock albums in the history. It's definitely not sounding like a typical Deep Purple album, but it's it's an awesome album. So anyway, Glenn Hughes has all, always been a. Um, it's always been there in my in my musical. Uh, Mind, so. Heritage or whatever, so yeah. He, and, yeah. And, and, and being able to play with him was amazing. I just think, but just uh, from my own point of view, Deep Purple. As long as there's David Coverdale, because that's my sort of hero, uh, I'm good. Whatever they do mm. with David, that that's the one. But uh, yeah, that live in Japan or the, uh, in fact, it's called Burning Japan Live, must have been just an exciting yeah. thing. Um, real quick, uh, in terms of touring, uh, I'm in Montreal. The band has never played Montreal you've you've only played twice in Canada once I believe was a private gig for the record company and the other time was a a club gig in Toronto for I think it was for War of Kings so it was very late in the career um yeah any plans to 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 change that and then also uh quickly you're you're in May of 2018 you'll be heading over to Australia I'm, I'm not sure if that's your first time there or not but just sort of talk to me about how do we get you to Canada and then uh just quickly talk to me about touring Australia because that's got to be exciting. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, we don't have any, there are no plans uh, ready for, for America or for, for, for Canada as we're speaking, but we're, I mean, we love touring in, 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 uh, in the States, obviously. And, and as you said, we've only been to Canada, you know, a couple of times and it's, it's way too, too little. Because, I mean, Canada to me is, is one of the, you know, some of my heroes like Rush, for instance, Max Webster, all these bands come from, from Canada. So it's, it's, a, it's, it's a magical, very important country to me. So I really hope that we'll be able to, to, to come and play in, in, in Canada and do a proper you know, tour there. But nothing is set uh, at the moment. Uh, and as I said before, uh, Australia, yeah, it's the first time we're, we're going there. We've never been there. We had a lot of requests during the 80s when, when uh, the final countdown was um, uh, high on the charts and all that. But, but we... We never made it there for some reason. We, I guess we were too busy doing, you know, Europe or all the other. I mean, Australia is a kind of, a, you know, it's 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 not like you travel there every day. <laughs> so you, um, yeah. It, but it's going to be great to go there and to finally be able to 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 tour and to to meet the uh, Australian audience. Yeah, so that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, let's hope. And, and, of course, they've been begging for years to get you, and you go there. And in Canada, we've been begging and still waiting. But we'll, we'll, we'll change that <laughs> yeah. slowly but surely, and then yeah, we'll, 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 we'll finish with this today. Um, Joey, uh, your singer, has called uh, the new album, Walk the Earth, a miracle album. Um, what do you think? Mm. Why would you think he, he calls it a miracle album, and why do you think it's, it would be so special um, in terms of, of musically or what, what, what just sort of makes walk the earth a great, great album. I think it's just, uh, I think it's, it has a lot to do with the, the, the relaxed attitude we had towards the, the songwriting and uh, the time we spent in the studio, by the way, we recorded it at, at the Abbey road studio. I mean, the legendary studio in, in London where Beatles and Pink Floyd and all these bands, so I, it was just an amazing feeling to be in the studio. I think that brought out a lot of magic from the band, a lot of, you know, like um, wild, crazy ideas. And, but as a whole, I think we uh, had more, we just had fun. We just let the music, you know, find the way first. Uh, and I think that's the way, that is the right path for, for us to, to, to be on, to just let the music lead the way and not think too much about it. Uh, not be too concerned about the spandex uh, pants and, and uh, the big hair, <laughs> whatever. Just, uh, you know, uh, switch on the martial amp and, and, you know, just blast out some chords and the rest will, you know, make itself the best album. Yeah, it's a great album. And of course, uh, yeah, working in Abbey Road, uh, that had just got it, there's got to be like ghosts in that studio, like the ghosts of of different bands, and you just walk in, you just you just got to mm. feel that energy, right? It, it's it's amazing, and uh, definitely. Ian, a great definitely. pleasure to speak yeah. with you this morning, and uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Mitch, for and having me. Absolutely, anytime, and we'll 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 talk soon. We'll do that. Take care now. Cheers. Bye bye. Always great hearing from the guys in the band Europe. Walk the earth out now. Do check that out. And let's finish today's episode, and please stick around for this. It is singer Mark Fox of the band Chakra out of Switzerland. They have currently, if you include their live albums, 13 
albums, so 13 releases. Go back in time and, and just check those out. In fact, they, they have a, um, a greatest hits that came out called 33 The Best of Chakra. And uh, head over to discogs.com, D-I-S-C-O-G-S.com. It's a, a site that I use to track down rare and unreleased, or not unreleased, but rare records and albums. Uh, but Chakra 33, the best of Chakra. That is a great place to start if you want to start discovering the band. Or, of course, head over to Spotify. They are, or, or Apple Music. You can... Uh, listen and download songs there but uh anyway let's talk to mark fox the band has a new album that came out in november of 2017 it is called snakes and ladders and while you're checking that album out i ask you to pay particular attention to track number five called the seeds i just think that that song is just kick a s s absolute great rock and roll song for you so here without further ado lead singer of European band out of Switzerland, Chakra, the one, the only, Marc Fox. Or as we say in French, Marc Le Renard. Marc Fox, folks. We are speaking with Marc Fox, lead vocalist for the Swiss band Chakra. New album is Snakes and Ladders. And Marc, I've had a chance not only to listen to it once and twice and three times, but what a great album. Snakes and Ladders. Fabulous, yes. fabulous, fabulous. And, and by the way, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Mitch. Thank you very much. <laughs> I really like to hear that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, I get too excited about music, but there is a song on there called The Seeds. And, yeah. And uh, listen, there's a lot of great songs on there. Friday Nightmare, Cassandra's Curse, all, but The Seeds, man, that is a great song. That is, that is Top 10 of the year in terms of songs, that song, The Seeds. Great stuff. Okay, thank you. Thank you very much. So this is the first time that you're on the uh, Rock Talk with uh, Mitch LaFon podcast here over at Podcast One. Folks in America don't know the band as well as they should. You know, we know Crocus. We sort of know Gothard, but not really. And we don't really know Chakra. And that's a shame because you've been around almost 20 years. In fact, next year, I guess, will be 20 years, right? Yeah, the band was founded with this name. They, they was founded before, but uh, um, uh, with uh, the name Chakra, it was in nineteen ninety five. Oh, was it really? So, I, thought, yeah. I thought it. Was, I thought it was Ruckus un- until. Yes, yes, Ruckus. It was before Ruckus, and then at nineteen ninety five, it was Chakra. <laughs> so we say the band exists since then. Oh, okay. <laughs> because, I, I... Yeah, yeah. Oh, I've it's, always it's, been. It's always thing. a little, always a little bit complicating with these um, anniversaries. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> because like uh, you know the first album came out in '98. Um, what was it? Well, the Chakra album came out in '98, and so yes. I, I always figured that that's when the band uh, took the name. But okay, um, but but talk to me about putting together Snakes and Ladders because you had walked away from the band for a few years, four or five years. You yeah. came back with the album High Noon in 2016, which I put in my top 10 albums of 2016. It was absolutely, the, the song Hello is absolutely <laughs> fantastic. But, you know, you're back. This is the second one. Uh, talk to me about sort of putting it together. Who wrote it? How did you get it assembled? And, you know, all that wonderful stuff. Yeah, um, it was really great to, to come back to the band um, uh, because we we really erased all these problems and and uh, and we could um, could um, take 
take this as a as a good experience and and go further. It's not a um, we really like um, making a new album and then uh, go on tour. And Heinen was really this this magic for us uh, to to have a good time with each other that we never had before. Before I left, it was really like um, being on stage or, or, or recording an album was always like, oh, no, again. <laughs> and this is not the, not the way to, to make music and to have fun. So, um, and um, as I joined the, uh, rejoined the band, it was, it was really, we really erased everything that, that came uh, up from from behind and um, we said we have the main goal we are um, people who knows each other about uh, for, for years for for so many years and so let's do music not not war so this was great feeling yeah and uh, it was um, it was on yeah it was <laughs> I don't remember the, the exact date but um, Thomas Master he um, he called me and we were um, we were on tour. It's not uh, um, it, it was not uh, like okay, tour is over and then we we're gonna make a new album. It was like okay, are you ready to make a new album? And I said, yeah, of course. If you have got some ideas, uh, we always do that. Like, do it like that. He got some riff ideas and song ideas, and then we. Then we come together and uh, see what happens with melodies and everything. And um, he said, yeah, I've already written the whole album. And I said, okay, let's go for it. <laughs> and then um, we, um, we first started with Cassandra's Curse. This was the first song. Um, we tried the melody um, he had in mind. And um, I really think it's a great thing because uh, Cassandra's Curse was a title I've um, I've told Thomas uh, years ago. Uh, could you could you make a song with this title? And um, never there, there was never a song with Cassandra's Curse. Now he said, "Hey, here it would be cool because this is a, a mighty song, and um, this song has a message. And Cassandra's Curse was the right choice for this message. And it was it was." A little bit the same like uh, High Noon. As we began with High Noon, it was Hello, the first song we, we wrote. And then we, we listened to that. We, we, we made, we listened to that and, and said, uh, can it be better? So go on with that. And it was the same thing with Cassandra's Curse as we started to, to really go into the new album. And uh, this is really good motivation, you know. Yeah, really and is. then, yeah, <laughs> and then it it went on and on and on, and yeah, why waiting for something if it's already there? Yeah. Now I, I want to talk to you about the the popularity of the band because if you look at the Swiss charts, um, you know, High Noon was number two, Infected number seven, Power Play, which you didn't sing on, was number one, yeah. Rising twenty one. I mean, album after album that you've put out has been in the top thirty if not the top 20 uh, yeah. in, in, on the Swiss charts. Uh, talk to me about the popularity of the band there, and why hasn't it translated to a North American market? 
Mm. I don't know. Um, here in Switzerland, we are uh, really with uh, Gotthard and Krokus. We are really one of those three. You know, um, it's when we make concerts or something like that, um, we are really known here. But uh, if you go over the border, it's it's hard for us. Uh, let's take Germany or France. It's better since Heinun. It's it's really really much better. Um, we have uh, venues um, sold out and, and everything, but not the big ones, you know. It's like 500 people, which is not bad, but <laughs> we also joined the uh, German charts. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, play. Uh, it was uh, 60, yeah. 60, I think, yeah, like that. Um, but I don't know if... if uh, if the time is, is, is a problem for us, it's, we always have a Gotter and Crocus going out. They are famous since a long time. And we are always like a little bit uh, later and they say, okay, they are here. They make good music, but um, we concentrate on the, on the other two bands. Um, in Switzerland, it's not like this, but um, outside of Switzerland, it's a little bit like... Mm. Well, okay, well, let me ask you about this then, because for me, trying to research the interview and trying to look up the band, it's somewhat difficult from North America because there really isn't, um, especially a lot of English social media, there's not really a Twitter, there's not really an Instagram going, the, the, the Facebook is, is... How important is it for, for social media and for the band maybe to invest a little more time and money to get that message out there? Yeah, it, I don't think it's a, it's a matter of money to invest. It's a, it's always a, a matter of of time. You know, we all we we're doing everything ourselves. It's not like um, yeah. We, of course, we have AFM and in Switzerland we have Universal, um, but uh, in fact we have a uh, we have a lot of work that we do ourselves, and uh, there is not. Uh, there is not nothing professional, uh, for, uh, professional company coming and saying, okay, now we make um, we make promotion in in uh, North America or something like that. Yes, FM is doing that. There are some interviews, but that's all. You know, <laughs> it's not uh, to to make them bad. They, they make a good job, but uh, it's always like. A, we we need to have more support, you know, for for going for growing bigger on the whole world. It's not uh, that you can you can afford it yourself. That's the problem. Yeah, and 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 by the way, that's why we're doing the interview because I love the band and I, and I'm here to support all the way and, and give you a lot of a lot of love as, yes. as we say in the business. <laughs> Thank and, you very much. And yes. get people to uh, to to look them up. Um, talk to me about the time you left. So 2009. Roughly, uh, the Everest album comes out, and you mm -hmm. decided to walk away. Uh, explain what was sort of going on. Were you just sort of tired with the musical direction? Was it just a, a bad time and place in your life? Or was it like, hey, I want to try something new? Because you did those solo albums. Um, yeah. Was it just that you wanted to go try and just do it on your own? So explain the I walked away part of yeah, this was um, for me. It was a hard time um, because um, I was in a band for 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 many years, and um, I decided to leave the band because there was no other way. If you you have um, 
um, opposing forces uh, over years, and um, there comes a point you say, okay, that's it for me because um, it's it's not really um, bringing me up or 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 bringing me a good feeling, you know. If 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 I wanna if I make music, I wanna have a good feeling with the guys I've I've got around me, and it wasn't absolutely like that, and. So I decided to leave the band and make my whole thing, my my own thing, and um, this was this was a really good experience because um, everything they said uh, I've done wrong, the people around me in the, in the solo project um, done to me. <laughs> so I, I really um, came into that point that I, I had to say, yeah, I, I got to change my point of view and also Thomas this was um, always the um, how you say that this was Thomas and me we were enemies that that was the problem and this um, break uh, brought us together because it, it was really like okay something's missing here and for Thomas it was the same thing he, he always said yeah John is a good singer and um, I I always say, I always say, yeah, he he made a good job, um, but he just sang. He, he didn't he didn't do nothing else. He and and <laughs> he, he Tom Thomas realized in that time I was away that okay that there was something more when I was in the band. There was. Um, some, some more, some, um, how do you say that? Some, well, in, in, uh, in French, we yeah. say le je ne sais quoi, right? The little, the, the, the je ne sais quoi. Ah, tu, tu parles français, ouais. Mais oui. C'est sûr qu'on parle français. Il manquait le je ne sais quoi. But for the English audience, though. But, but, yeah, but, yeah, okay. <laughs> but let me ask you about that, because in and around 2014, John Prakash puts out a note saying that after sleepless nights, Chakra is not my number one priority. I've got to leave. And the band puts out uh, a reply that says, now we are forced to search for new singers. So you singers out there get in touch with us and we'll start a new era of the band. So they weren't automatically thinking about you. And in fact, by their own note that they posted on their website, they were going to hold open auditions. So, So what changed between sort of that posting on the website that says, we're looking for a new singer... And then you and the band saying, hey, you know what? We don't need a new singer. We need Mark. <laughs> this was um, um, a gap between Tom and Thomas. Um, because uh, Tom always wants to, um, to try something new. And, and that's, I, th- I think this is um, really okay. But um, Thomas said, okay, this would be the fourth singer of Chakra. And it begins... Um, it's it's a new beginning again, and I don't want to have that like that because the best uh, output was on on the records with Mark. Um, that's what he said to me. So he, um, the other guys, they didn't know that he contacted me. Or, um, <laughs> uh, so no, he contacted Chris Fonroy from Crocus because he's a good friend of mine, and um, he wanted to. Um, to, um, yeah, let's say, uh, make a little overview. If Mark is interested to rejoin the band, 
<laughs> and then he's he, he was scouting here. you out. He yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of like when you're getting a girlfriend, you're just going to say, "Hey, find out if she's, yeah, if she's yeah. that's funny. That's funny." <laughs> um, and by the way, if you if you get stuck, say say it in French, and I'll translate for the folks. But um, when you heard from uh, the guy in Crocus, and, and they you know the band's interested in. Ha- was your first thought like, yeah, let's do this? Or were you like, mm, you know what? I'm doing some solo albums here. I'm good. Thanks. Like, excited or mm. sort of like, eh, yeah, above all, small passion. It was weird. It was weird for me to, to hear something like that because uh, we really, Thomas and me, we were really animal. Not, not animal. <laughs> Um, we were really not good with with each other, and um, I think there were problems we, we didn't uh, solve. And for me, it was the first time I heard that from Chris that um, he has in, he's interested in in, res, um, in in resolving these problems. Um, I said, okay, this is something really big. If someone says, okay, I want to, I want to talk about what happened and really it's it's not uh, yeah of course it was uh, for him it was really like okay with this singer but if this singer don't want i leave the band so he it was his last chance um but um, i really was um like uh, thinking about I, I told chris i am i got to think about that for about two days and then I give you a response. Um, it was, in fact, it was two hours and I called Chris and said, okay, let's do that. Let's talk with Thomas and let's sit, let's sit at one table and, and talk. And from then on, it was like two, three day, two or three days later, we made hello. And so this, this this was really like boom, <laughs> like coming home for for both of us. <laughs> are are you happy being back in the band at this point? Because it it sort of seems like it. The music on High Noon and Snakes and Ladders is upbeat. It's happy. It's rocking. It, it just seems like a band that's clicking to me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I really I really feel comfortable now. I really feel like um, because I'm doing a lot of things. Um, in the past, it was like, okay, the young guy comes and uh, knows every, everything better. But uh, nowadays, it's like, okay, he, he knows really much and he's doing really much. And um, they, they really respect that. That that was a problem in the past that, um, for me, it was horrible. It was like doing stuff, making interviews all over Europe, flying from there to there and then... And, you are always like um, a little child. You're treated like a little child. You're like, a, okay, he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's doing it. And uh, and nowadays, it's uh, it's really like, okay, it's different. They, they, yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you just before we finish here. Uh, in 2005, the album Fall came out, mm-hmm. and on that touring cycle, you had a chance to uh, open for. Guns N' Roses at the uh, Hall- yeah. Hallen Station in Zurich. Um, now, it wasn't Guns N' Roses with Slash and stuff, but still it was Axel, and still it was, it was a big show. Just, just yeah. really talk to me about that, because, you know, Guns right now, especially with their reunion tour, such big news. 
but <laughs> what was it like being part of that entourage and, of course, the whole spectacle of being at a Guns N' Roses show opening up? Yeah, for me, uh, for me, it was it was great. It was really. I, I'm a big fan of Guns N' Roses. I grew up with Guns N' Roses, and um, yeah, we can be a support of Guns N' Roses in the biggest club in Switzerland. You know, this the 12, 12 or thirteen thousand people. So for me, it was great to to make that, and and everybody um, <laughs> everybody said. It was a great thing that we did there. We, we came out on stage and I said, "Hello, Switzerland." And there were Swiss flags. <laughs> there were every every everybody with uh, hands in the air, and it was really a great great thing for me. Um, but I, I I couldn't talk to Axel. This is a little yeah. bit yeah okay, yeah. but um, I think he doesn't talk so much to people so <laughs> that's too bad that would have been such a great story to to, to share a few uh, a few laughs backstage with axel um yeah no <laughs> there was no no talk so. <laughs> but but next yeah. time um i i'm unless i'm mistaken gothard crocus and uh chakra went on tour last year uh yeah is that something that you would like to do again and perhaps try to bring that to North America and sort of make sort of a Swiss invasion tour? Yeah, why not? It was a really great time. Um, these three bands, they know each other since years, you know. <coughs> and this was really, um, um, yeah, it was, it was like a family. First we, then uh, Gotthard, and then Crocus, or uh, something like that. It's, it's really like... Um, uh, also in the in the backstage, the, it, it was a mix like uh, people from us talking with others from Gotthard or from Croc, uh, from Crocus. It was really like a a big big thing, and uh, I'd really like to to make that again. And why not in North North America? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. And 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 I mean, no disrespect to any other guitarist, but Leo Leone of Gotthard is yeah. such an unsung hero. I mean, what a ma- I mean, he's as good as Zach Wild and and people over here just don't know him anyway. Uh but back to uh, to to Chakra. Um sort of just let's finish off on Snake and Ladders, the new album. Great new album. Um you did High Noon 2016, this one 2017. Are we taking a break until like 2019 or do you want to sort of get back in there and keep rolling on this one album a year kind of thing? Yeah, it's always the same. If you are in studio, you want to go on tour, and if you are on tour, you want to go to the studio. You know, <laughs> so we we don't know what happens in future, but first we we're gonna start our tour in in February, and then we'll see and <laughs> what happens. But um, we we don't make plans so so far, so it's it's we don't stop, you know. But <laughs> yeah, just we keep take moving. it as it comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah we and, take it as it comes, and then and, and fans yeah. definitely need to check out the band, check out the album Chakra Snakes and Ladders out now. Um, you know, look for it. It's on Spotify and uh, Apple Music and all kinds of other wonderful places. Uh, Mark, always a pleasure. Thank you very much. For me, always a pleasure. Yes, uh, merci beaucoup, as we say here. Merci beaucoup. (laughs) Bye now. Thanks. Cheers.
Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye. Download new episodes of Rock Talk with Mitch LaFawn every Monday at Podcast One and on the Podcast One app. Or you can subscribe at iTunes. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. President Trump denies it. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. President Trump denies on Twitter using vulgar language when questioning why the U.S. would accept more immigrants from Haiti and African nations. 17 dead, 43 missing in Southern California after Tuesday's heavy rain and devastating mudslides. Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown is asking people to evacuate some areas so search and rescue crews can do their jobs. It is seriously impacting the ability of search and rescue, public works, other first responders and repair crews to clear roadways and to engage in search and rescue repair and damage assessment operations. Missouri Governor and former Navy SEAL Eric Greitens is now under investigation after acknowledging an extramarital affair but denying anything more, including accusations that he tried to blackmail the woman into keeping quiet. I'm Rita Foley.